Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike. My name, of course, is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have come and lost in two consecutive weeks. Which shouldn't be a big deal, considering a team started the year 11-0. and 11 straight weeks of winning, followed by two straight weeks of losing, and all of a sudden, my lord, the sky is falling. <laughs> the Steelers are in a completely terrible place. And I know that partially sounds like sarcasm, but that partially is the legitimate truth. Right now, as we speak, the Pittsburgh Steelers are really in a tough spot. They've basically lost any potential at a first-round bye. They have the Cleveland Browns hot on their tail for the AFC North title still. And as you look through the remainder of the Steelers' schedule, there's not a ton of opportunities to start stacking Ws to end this season. All in all, it is quite a bit concerning. The Steelers, I'm sure they can still finish the year extremely strong and get get some things turned around and, and pick up some victories as the year winds out and do eventually be crowned AFC North champions. But that being said, the Steelers have a massive issue and a massive hole right now, and that is the offensive side of the football. Before we even talk about the offense, let's talk about the defense for a second because Despite all the injuries, no Bud Dupree, no Devin Bush, 
No Joe Hayden in that last game. No Robert Splane. Vince Williams out due to COVID. Really, the list just goes on and on about the guys that they've they've been missing, especially this past week against the Buffalo Bills. You look at all these injuries, and the defense still managed to have an outstanding day against the Washington football team and against the Buffalo Bills. The defense really stepped up, and somehow the Steelers weren't able to finish off either of those games coming up with two losses both games the Steelers if their offense played as well as they did in those first 11 games they would have walked away with victory okay maybe maybe we should take that back a little bit because the offense still wasn't uh, wasn't very good against the Baltimore Ravens in that 11th victory however they still were victorious those first 10 games like when you look at the Steelers offense the last three weeks of the year there's obviously two major concerns. The first one being all the drop passes, specifically Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron. The second being the lack of a running game, which when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is a serious, serious issue. You look at this team and you think to yourself, mm, they, they have a ton of targets. They got a lot of weapons. And through really 10 games a season, Ben Roethlisberger was really able to fire at will, despite having one or two guys maybe out any given week. All of a sudden, Chase Claypool's disappeared in the offense. The Steelers no longer run those jet action motions that was kind of famous in that Matt Canada kind of role. Who knows really where he is in this coaching hierarchy anymore? You look at James Washington, who was the solid number four that got a couple looks a game. Deontay was... That number one guy, he was getting a ton of targets. When he was healthy, Deontay Johnson was getting the ball thrown his way an outstanding amount of times. And Ben Roethlisberger was starting to grow some chemistry with Deontay. And he was starting to look like potentially the number one wide receiver for these Pittsburgh Steelers. Then there's Juju Smith-Schuster, who's basically done the same thing week in, week out, all year long. He's He's not quite on a touchdown per game pace, but... Juju Smith-Schuster, his stat line most of the season is about six receptions, about 50 yards, and potentially a touchdown half the time, really, Juju scoring basically half these games. That's what you're getting out of those four receivers. Ray Ray McLeod probably picks up a catch or two here or there. He picks up 20 to 30 yards as that kind of gadgety type player. Eric Ebron was a solid check down that... Sure, he had the drop problems in the past, but he really hadn't shown it in Pittsburgh yet. And Vance McDonald, he usually only got one target a game, but he sure as heck caught those passes. Now, all of a sudden, Chase Claypool's disappeared. Juju's still doing his thing. He's been fine. Deontay Johnson has this insane drop problem. James Washington, he's caught the passes and made some plays, but he's just not getting any targets anymore. The same with Ray Ray McLeod. He doesn't get the ball thrown his way nearly ever. The only guys that seemingly get the ball thrown their way are Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron. And for whatever reason, that's where all the drops are coming from. Vance McDonald rarely even plays on offense anymore. It's it's one of those things where you look at this team and you say to yourself, what is going on here? What happened during that Ravens week that this offense completely sputtered and forgot how to do virtually anything? There hasn't been a ton of injuries. Sure, the team lost Marquise Pouncey due to covid for the past two weeks, but he came back to the Bills game, and that sparked absolutely nothing. James Conner, he started the year with a couple hundred yard games. Same with Benny Snell. He even picked up 100 yards against the New York Giants. 
The Steelers were running the ball fine to start the year. Now, all of a sudden, they smacked up against a brick wall. What happened to this team? The Steelers' offense before, when it seemed to have that more of a Matt Canada kind of effect with it, they're running the ball better. They might have been struggling throwing the ball a little bit, but in those situations when the Steelers needed to throw the ball, that's when Ben Roethlisberger kind of took over and did his short passing thing. But because of that kind of Matt Canada effect on the offense and that that kind of uh, those speed option type plays and all those kind of RPO actions and uh, all those those other things that the Steelers were doing is opening up that kind of uh, that kind of short passing game for Ben Roethlisberger in this in those situations. Now teams don't even have the game plan against that. Everything's kind of wonky with the Steelers. It doesn't really make any sense. Part of that, to me, screams that Ben Roethlisberger didn't like doing what the Matt Canada thing was. And basically, I'm not in that locker room, but just by watching it, I am firm, firmly saying that everything that uh, was put in from that Matt Canada scheme that he was running in years past has completely been thrown in the garbage. This team's not running any of that anymore, and they haven't ran any of it in weeks. The Steelers were successful against the Jaguars, and they didn't run any of the Matt kind of stuff probably as early as that week, and it might have even started against the Cincinnati Bengals the week before that. It really doesn't make any sense why this team has completely got away from it, unless you look at the, the starting quarterback, and by no means am I saying Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't be the guy anymore. Sure, he made some poor throws, and... Uh, Occasionally, his arm doesn't look like it, it's as strong as it once was, and that's something to be. Uh, that's something that happens to these veteran quarterbacks as they get older. You see it with Tom Brady and Philip Rivers, and so on and so forth. He's not at that Peyton Manning Peyton Manning level where Peyton completely lost his arm 100 percent when they when the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. His defense carried him all the way there. Peyton Manning had a wet spaghetti noodle of, of an arm <laughs> at the end of his run. Ben Roethlisberger is nowhere close to that level. He's still got some zip on the ball, and you see it on quite a few passes week in and week out. That being said, Ben Roethlisberger has been making more strange decisions with the football and has been more careless and more that classic type Ben in recent weeks. Those first, what, eight weeks of the season, I think Ben Roethlisberger only threw three interceptions or four interceptions it was, and three of them were in one game. Now all of a sudden, Ben's just kind of been dialing him up, and I think he's had four in four weeks, or maybe even five. Uh, the teams are really starting to figure out the short passing attack, and one of the things with that, a lot of fans want to point the finger at Randy Feekner and blame the play calling, blame this and that, and I'm all for that too, because the play calling really has been putrid, uncreative, and it's been just flat out predictable, but... What is tied to all this is one Mr. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger and his his friendship and loyalty to Randy Feekner, who, of course, are really close friends. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger with offensive coordinators that he hasn't liked in the past, such as Todd Haley, and that nearly brought Ben Roethlisberger to retirement. He was so fed up with playing with Todd Haley, who would uh, yell back and push Ben Roethlisberger, that he flat out said it. He, he didn't know if, whether or not he wanted to continue to play football anymore. Todd Haley's contract expires, he moves on, Ben Roethlisberger all of a sudden wants to play into his 40s. So, really, we all know Ben Roethlisberger is one of those drama king type guys. We already knew that. But all of a sudden, you're looking at this team now, and you're looking at this offensive scheme, and what Ben can and can't do. 
and and you know the Steelers kind of want to run that more Matt Canada type stuff, that jet sweep, that uh, hitting the stuff down the seams, the RPO stuff. And you look at Ben Roethlisberger and you say to yourself, he isn't that quarterback. He, he just isn't that guy for that scheme. So the Steelers really can't have their cake and eat it too here. They either got to go with Randy Feekner and Ben Roethlisberger as, as that duo and just go go with the Hall of Famer because, like we all know, it, it is flat out nearly impossible to find a Hall of Fame quarterback in any given draft, let alone to go from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another. The only uh, scenario I can think of in the history of the NFL where a team went from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another with no bridge in between is the Green Bay Packers going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't happen. Teams, Sure, teams have gone from a good quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. It, that happens. I Look for at the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. Alex Smith was a really good quarterback for that Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> if he retired tomorrow, there's a chance that, the, that those uh, senior voters would put him in the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes is beloved by by a lot of these guys, and he already has some of those records that could could even just put him there right now. As ridiculous as it sounds, you know in your heart when I say that those national media type people that vote on that award love him so much, or that honor, I guess, they do it. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Teams don't go from Hall of Fame players to Hall of Fame players. So to think that the Steelers would move on from Ben Roethlisberger and try to find someone that uh, would fit that more Matt Canada-type role is really one of those darts that you're throwing at a dartboard from 50 feet away. It's not, uh, it's not something that's likely going to happen, and it's close to impossible to find the next great one and the next great one to fit that scheme. So the Steelers really are at a crossroads here. They're kind of stuck with that kind of uh, offensive-minded uh, Offensive coordinator, which his ways are kind of stuck in the past, but they're tied to one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, so that's that's the way the Steelers are going to go. They're going to go as far as Big Ben takes them. But this offense right now is really just missing something, and you can see what it clearly is week in, week out. That's the creativity and the modern NFL scheme. Teams are just completely keying in on those quick passes. Defensive backs are getting their heads to the quarterback. ASAP, they... They they don't care about a second move because they know it's not coming. Teams are, are lining up, what, two yards off the line of scrimmage having stacking the box like they did against Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. But instead of doing it because they're inexperienced, they're just forcing Ben Roethlisberger to make those quick passes, put the Steelers in the quick pass plays because that's all the playbook really is at this point, quick pass plays. And then they're getting their DBs to, to jump the first option. Eventually, the Steelers might catch a pass or two that goes for a touchdown, like James Washington going 50 yards on an out route against the Washington football team. But that's what teams are doing. They're, they're going inter- to intercept Ben Roethlisberger, and there's going to be more pick sixes as the week goes on, as the weeks go on, should I say, like uh, we saw in the Bills game, because of what teams are really scheming against the Steelers. They got to look deep in their hearts, the Steelers do, I mean, and they got to figure out what they want to be. And if they don't change their offense soon, there's no chance that they're doing anything in the playoffs this year. And there's no, there really isn't any chance that they could potentially even win a game the, the rest of the way out. I know they got the Cincinnati Bengals, who've been absolutely putrid. But right now, the Steelers, their offense is to a level right now that I'm not sure that they could put up 20 points against a Bengals team that really isn't that good. The, legitimately, 
the Steelers are one Jesse Bates game away from the Steelers ending up on a three-game losing streak with Indianapolis coming to Pittsburgh with a great defense going up against an offense that doesn't know what they're doing at times. That is going to do it for part one of this live mic. Uh, hang tough. Uh, we're going to jump in a quick commercial break, and we'll, we will be right back with you in a moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second part of the live mic. My name, again, of course, is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Earlier in part one, we basically broke down the Steelers' issues as if we didn't already know them, and, and mostly to do with that that weird kind of short passing game that is just completely sputtering and how the Steelers really find themselves at a, at a crossroads and they don't know whether or not they want to go with Matt Canada and the unknown or if they want to go with Ben Roethlisberger and Randy Feekner for the foreseeable future. So with all that in mind, I, I kind of want to speak about what I think that the team might have to change moving forward if they want to find more offensive success. And really right now... It, as tough as it is, this team isn't going to be able to do that Matt Canada type thing because it, from all outside appearances, Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't want to run it. He has complete control of this offense, and the fact that those jet motions and those uh, RPO type plays are completely missing just screams to me that they've been taken out of the playbook because as much as the Steelers have had some kind of slight issues with it in the past – there's still a lot of times it worked. Sometimes those RPOs, yeah, there should have been an interception or two uh, here and there throughout the early parts of the season. But the Steelers were picking up chunks of yardage consistently when that was uh, continuing throughout the early portion of the season. So what do I think the Steelers need to do to get back to uh, being able to move the football and be more successful? Well, I think they just need to simply be more creative with their routes. And they got to be less afraid to line up under center. Right now, I think the Steelers need to bring back more of a power-type look. Going those four or five wides, teams know exactly what's coming. The Steelers need to be able to go out in the field, put two tight ends, whether that's a pure tight end and an uh, an offensive tackle that uh, we've, seen, we've seen them do in the past, bring in a fullback and try to ground and pound the ball in a, in an eye formation with one wide receiver out to one side or the other, that might necessarily be the way to go about it. Because right now the Steelers are completely lost. And if they continue to do this kind of weird four, five wides sets, uh, quick passes that are just getting jumped consistently they're not going to find any success here on out. Right now, what this team needs to do is just really kind of devote themselves to trying to reestablish running the ball. And the only way I think this team's going to do that is putting guys in three-point stances and couple that with running more play action. The Steelers rarely run play action, it seems, throughout any point in the game, especially against the Bills. When they did run a play action play, I believe they ended up throwing the ball to Eric Ebron down kind of the seam in between the hash and the numbers and it was a successful gain it was a first down play and I, I that's the only real time I can remember any sort of play action fake and, and that's something Ben Roethlisberger has been successful with in the past and even if teams continue to stack the box and try to just go gung-ho and try to attack the run eventually those play action plays are going to work they can dink and dunk the guys and you know what 
I wouldn't even be afraid to take Eric Ebron off the field. If it meant Vance McDonald or Zach Gentry just because they can block better, I think that's what this team needs to do right now. I, I think they shouldn't be afraid to have Derek Watt on the field. I, I, I think they shouldn't be afraid to have their bigger, more physical type guys on the field more often. Even if it's a one tight end, one fullback, one running back type set with uh, Juju and maybe Chase Claypool as uh, the receivers out there, or James Washington for that matter, leaving Deontay off the field. The Steelers need, need to figure out some so, sort of niche for their offense that's a little that gives them a little bit more than these quick passes, and maybe a, a power-type scheme is the way to go about it. A lot of these teams in the NFL nowadays are built to stop the passing game because that's exactly what uh, the NFL has become. It's a passing league. There's all these... Uh, all these super athletic quarterbacks that teams spread the f- spread the field four or five guys wide. If the first two options aren't there, the quarterback takes off running. And because they're four three four four type guys, it, it really is hard for them to, to get taken down, especially if teams don't have a spy. The problem with the when the Steelers run that, I don't even know if Ben Roethlisberger could run a five five these days. To be honest, and. Outside of his combine year, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger would run a five-five outside of that rookie year. Sure, he is uh, an athlete in his own right, but he's not that kind of player, and it completely takes away that dimension from the Steelers' offense when the Steelers go five wide. All of a sudden, defenses don't have to account for that uh, that kind of uh, spy type guy on the quarterback because they know the Ben Big Ben's not running, and uh, they're dropping all these guys. You you saw with the Bills and how they were successful at. Uh, moving to four four wide and then Josh Allen taking off. It only happened a handful of times, but Josh Allen is a, is a speedy guy, that basically the size of Ben Roethlisberger, and he was able to do damage with his legs. The Steelers don't have that. So it's one of the, the missing things in the Steelers' four or five wide sets is not having that mobile guy, guy in the backfield that kind of pulls one guy out of coverage and gives another wide receiver one-on-one. So now the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves in this situation. And like I said, they, they need to run something that other teams really aren't built to defend. And that's smashing the football play in, play out. The, the Titans, I suppose, do it to a degree, but they do it because they have a beast of a running back that's, what, 260 pounds and runs a, what, 4-3-40 in Derrick Henry? He's just a complete freak, and they really aren't playing with that many uh, tight ends or that many guys with their hand in the dirt on any given play. That's a completely different situation. The Steelers, on the other hand, if they were to, to bring in the, these bigger-type bodies and then just continue to try to smash the football on the ground, uh, eventually something's going to give. And, and the Steelers really kind of got to branch out on their style of runs. It, it can't just be... Like these these strange kind of counter type plays, and what we've seen out of the Steelers running game the last number of weeks is four of the offensive linemen are in two point stances. They're standing basically straight up with bent knees. The, the only guy with their hand in the dirt is the center because he's got to touch the football. That's why they're getting blown back. They they don't have an opportunity. All these defensive linemen are firing out every single play like it's a pass, and they're pass rushing even on running downs. And that's why they've been so successful getting the backfield because they're shooting a gap rather than playing a, a two-way go. And the offensive linemen just aren't able to block these guys because they're they're attacking spots that they don't expect them to be in the running game. The offensive line needs to put their hand in the dirt. they got to be able to, to get some different uh, lead block 
uh, options, I suppose, rather than just a pulling guard here, here or there. And they got to be able to start pounding the ball down teams' throws. They got to run more counters. They got to run more dive type plays. They don't. They aren't necessarily built for the speed of, of a sweep type play. But I, I think this team, as long as they keep continuing to pound the ball through, pound the ball through the tackles, they're going to be successful. I, mix that in with some play action type passing, um, more of a throwback to the mid two thousands style of offense for the Steelers. I think they will find more success. At the very least, they will take more time off the clock, and in doing so, give some more rest to their defense. In doing so, keep games lower scoring. And when you have when you play great, great defense like how the Steelers have been, regardless of their health, this like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, this defense has been outstanding despite missing number and a large number of guys. The Steelers have continue continually been able to be successful doing this week in and week out. Yet they keep shooting themselves in the foot by quickly turning the ball over incompletion 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 kick it away or run run pass fail and these running type plays are out of the shotgun just some sort of outside zone type play and it 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 doesn't have a chance from the beginning of the play and and it hasn't for weeks so for the Steelers to continue to be doing this it, it just it really is the definition of insanity so as I sit here today and look at this team and and really try, try to figure out what direction they will be and, and how how are they going to change things? I really think that's what they need to do is start continuing to play that power style football of the Steelers of the past. Sure, they have the, those four deep wide receivers, but at the end of the day, it's not working and, and something needs to change and creativity doesn't mean oh let's run a wildcat like they decided to do in 2019 and have a running back that doesn't really know how to throw the football and completely make a team one dimensional and then lose the game against the bills last year i don't mean just play the the wildcat i I mean completely change it up here they need to add a power type game to their uh, to their offense and i'd love them to chuck in a a trick player too and even run a trick play every single week and just to back the safeties up all, all of a sudden, if, if a team has to do that because they're worried about the trick play, then the box isn't so stacked anymore. <laughs> if the Steelers start running successful play action, uh, once again, that, that's just backing the defense up. And it's only going to help the Steelers uh, continue to be more successful running the ball, which, again, will open up the play action game and vice versa. The, there are options here for this team to get back on track, but it's going to be really really difficult and and with no foreseeable rest in the foreseeable future they're gonna have to start getting creative this is going to be a, a very interesting final month to the to the season for the pittsburgh steelers whether or not they can even win the division is still a question that's up in the air so as I wrap this podcast up I really keep my fingers crossed on this and uh, keep a, a hopeful hopeful mind in the future that the Steelers will do something different but when the Steelers take on the Cincinnati Bengals next Monday night with eight days in between their final game I hope they show something different and you know what even if they don't I I think the 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 only hope is that they're saving it for the playoffs that is still a month away (laughs) the Steelers need to win this game against the Cincinnati Bengals they need to take some of the pressure off of winning the AFC North and they need to start being able to rest some guys because 
Right now, it seems almost impossible that they have any sort of a bye week uh, to, to start this playoffs. Because again, the number one seed is the only team that gets a bye, and the Kansas City Chiefs have a 95% chance of getting that number one seed from NFL metrics. So, with all that in mind, the Steelers need to beat the Bengals, the Steelers need to start resting guys, and the Steelers really need to find a way to get as he- healthy and change up the offense as they can before the start of the playoffs. So with all that said, I thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of the Live Mike. Again, my name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, and, and check out some great breakdown and analysis of the week before and the week ahead. There's always great stuff on our website, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And make sure to check out our entire family of podcasts. There's tons of content coming at you, hours and hours of Steelers-related content each and every day. So make sure you're listening to all that, clicking on our website. And heck, while you're at it, you can follow us on all social media. Uh, for the most part, you can find us at just by searching Behind the Steel Curtain or at BT Steel Curtain on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, once again, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tagging along. We will catch you guys in the next one, and we'll see you next week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.